are listening to Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Monday show for you. We're going to go over the Pro Bowl games from Thursday, from yesterday. I've got a lot of thoughts on this. I've got some more statistics for you regarding the Super Bowl. If you're a San Francisco 49er fan, you probably don't want to hear it. But, hey, they're just statistics. Statistics and trends are made to be broken. We have a change of heart by Cliff Kingsbury. Patrick Mahomes' dad has trouble drinking. We'll get to all that momentarily. But we've got a sponsor for you today. The big game is finally here. Bet Online is your number one source for playoff football odds, stats, trends, and line with everything from point spreads to hundreds of player performance props. Dozens of odds, props, and info on hundreds of sports, events, politics, and entertainment. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime from desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to stay updated on all the action. Bet Online, the game starts here. So let's start with the Pro Bowl games that began on Thursday, where there were, we went over this on Friday's podcast, there were individual skills challenges quarterback throwing in targets there was a closest to the pin challenge there was best catch all this stuff so it was a way for the nfc and afc to rack up points and those points were included and added up all together and included as part of the actual flag football game yesterday and if you watch some of it you realize The NFC dominated the skills competition. I think there were 12 different categories, and they won all but three. So they really racked up a lot of points. And then they combined that with the game. Like, at the end of every quarter, there was a new skills competition. So if it was 23-20 to at the end of the first quarter, AFC was leading, and the NFC won the first quarter skills competition, starting the second quarter, it was now 23-23. I don't think that was the actual score. It was close to something like that. It was in the 20s at the end of the first quarter. but And then halftime, same exact thing, more skills competition. The end of the third quarter, and the third quarter skills competition was the last one, and that was the tug of war, and they did that twice, and the NFC just boat raced the AFC. I mean, they finished them off within five seconds, ten seconds, both times. So NFC ends up winning the Pro Bowl. It came down to the very last play. The AFC had fourth and goal from like the three-yard line, and they were down five. It's almost like they scripted it to to keep it as close as it was. But AFC, fourth and goal from the three, had one play left. There was, I think, six seconds on the clock, something like that. And they ran a play. Jamar Chase was actually wide open, but C.J. Stroud was not looking his way. And... He threw an incomplete pass to somebody, and that was it. NFC ended up winning, and for the second year in a row, the NFC led by Eli Manning beat the AFC led by Peyton Manning. Now, there were a few things yesterday, and I want to discuss them. Number one, I understand Ray Lewis is a competitor, one of the all-time competitors in the NFL, if not the greatest linebacker we've ever seen. However, Someone might need to tell Ray Lewis to tap the brakes a bit on Pro Bowl weekend because it seemed like every time cameras were in his face, he was legit arguing about something. He wasn't joking around arguing. He was talking about how they weren't allowed to blitz and they were faking blitzes and the other team isn't allowed to do that. 
He was talking about how they were getting screwed on the skills challenge because some team left early. I mean, it was like nonstop. And you're just wondering, you know, Ray, come on. I mean, it is fun in games. I understand he played in a different era, and he probably thinks this is all silly and doesn't like it to begin with. But this is what we've been given. If you want to look at it overall, yes, guys playing flat football in beanies and bucket hats and sunglasses, can you say they're taking it seriously? I mean, they're not not trying. It's not like they're just standing there on defense and letting the guys catch it. Well, some plays they were. But that was all about down and distance because basically it's a 50-yard field and you've got four downs to get to midfield, and then once you cross midfield, you got four downs to score. So, yes, sometimes they would let them catch a pass right over midfield so then they basically had fourth and goal from the 24 as opposed to – or first and goal from the 24 as opposed to first and goal from the – you know, 10 or 15, and, and they were closer. So there was some defense being played. Is this the best possible Pro Bowl game? No. But honestly, I think it's better than the tackle game that we last saw because the tackle game wasn't even a game. I mean, you put these guys in helmets, pads, and all that nonsense, and if it was a handoff, they would go through the line, and once they were touched, they would just stop. Like, you might as well have gone to flag football. Like, that was the complaint that people had was, hey, these guys are basically playing flag football out there. Nobody's getting hit. So they just went to flag football. I like the other skills competitions. I like just seeing them do goofy stuff. And now I think the skills competition could actually be more like Battle of the Network Stars. Remember that TV show in the 80s? I'd like to see a 40-yard dash, but I just don't think these guys are going to do it because they don't want to get injured. They don't want to pull a hammy. All the stuff that they do do, I mean, I guess it could injure them if they lifted the wrong way or pulled the wrong way. But, you know, it was an, it was an obstacle course where you had to run through a wall and then you had to pull a sled. And, you know, I'm fine with that. You know, you can get injured doing anything in this world, anything athletic. Hell, I tore, and I'm not going to put myself in the category of these NFL players. Don't get me wrong. But in August of 2022, I was just doing mountain climbers on a TRX machine at the gym and popped my Achilles. So you can get injured doing anything. Now, granted, I get it. I was 40, what, six at the time. So it was probably a lot of just wear and tear because I didn't do anything out of the ordinary when I was doing my mountain climbers. I had done mountain climbers numerous times. It's just you plant and it's and it popped and that's where i was any one of these guys especially when we've seen so many injuries happen without contact how many non-contact knee injuries have we seen in the nfl recently just planting and you blow out your acl or your mcl so it can happen but if we're gonna go there maybe do that i i want to see them bring back the longest throw by a quarterback I saw highlights of that on my TikTok over the weekend and my Instagram. Maybe it was because of Pro Bowl weekend. I don't know. But I'm fine with that. I would love seeing the quarterbacks just line up and throw it as hard as they can. I think the kick-tack-toe is pretty cool. Kick-tack-toe, which is something for the kickers. Because the one thing this Pro Bowl does is it allows offensive linemen to compete, defensive linemen to compete, linebackers to compete, kickers to compete. Because normally when you think of Pro Bowl, it's just quarterbacks, receivers, running backs, you know, and DBs. This allows everybody to get in to play something. 
They absolutely loved playing dodgeball. The kick tack toe was, I thought, pretty cool. It was basically what exactly what you'd expect it. You had one kicker from the AFC, Brandon Aubrey from the Cowboys, and one kicker from the AFC, Justin Tucker from the Ravens. Tic-tac-toe board, I don't know how far away it was, maybe 40 yards or something like that, and you had to hit targets, those nine targets on a tic-tac-toe board and get, you know, three across, three diagonal, three down, you know, something like that. And Tucker ended up winning because Aubrey had a chance. He had two in a row, and he was going for third, and he couldn't get it, and then Justin Tucker got his. So I like how they incorporate all this stuff. It's never going to be – the problem is I think people are – thinking back to what it was and I'm just you have to get out of that mindset we're never getting there again these guys make too much money they are too much of a risk of getting hurt where they would absolutely play full throttle in a pro bowl football game with you know tackling and all that stuff it's just I and I you know maybe it's because they didn't make as much back in the day and they didn't want to risk it I don't know I don't know where the switch happened but I'm guessing a lot of it had to do with the money that these guys make it's got to be because there's no reason why you wouldn't just play in a football game. and But I'm fine with it. I, I think this is the best they can do. Some people have said this is awful. I don't think it's awful. You know what was awful? The last thing they showed us, which was let's put them in a football game and then let's let them play touch during the game. Nobody wants to hit anybody. You couldn't blitz. It wasn't even a real football game. So this is better. It gets a lot more people interested. None of them have their helmets on. We could actually see these guys. I think it's cool. Do I think it's the greatest weekend ever for all-star festivities? No, I don't. But I just don't really think there's many other options in terms of what could they possibly do for a one-game thing. They thought outside the box and said, look, we can incorporate all this stuff and do our quote-unquote one game. And it's a it's an interesting game. It's I, I I don't mind watching them play flag football. Could they try a little bit harder? Sure, but I just don't think we're getting that. I'm fine with the Pro Bowl games the way they are now. What are your thoughts? All right, you guys. I've got three statistics for you, trends, whatever you want to call them, about the Super Bowl. And every single one of them points to the Kansas City Chiefs winning. It doesn't mean they will, but these all favor the Chiefs. The first one is this. Since the 2001 season, when the number one seed is playing a lower seed in the Super Bowl, it's happened 11 times. The number one seeds are two and nine. So you can kind of throw away seedings when it comes to this. The, let's see, and the two, and the, um, Number one seeds are two and nine when facing a lower seed. And the only two wins were when the Patriots beat the Panthers. They were a one seed. The Panthers were a three seed. And when the Patriots beat the Falcons, they were a one seed and the Falcons were a two seed. But the other nine times since 2001 where a one seed played a seed that was two or less, the seed that was two or less won the game outright. So you keep that in mind. How about this one? Teams that reach the Super Bowl without a 1,000-yard rusher or a 1,000-yard receiver since 1990, so what, 34 Super Bowls? It's only happened five times since 1990. The 90 Giants, the 96 Packers, the 03 Patriots, the 17 Eagles, and the 18 Patriots. 
got to the Super Bowl without a thousand yard rusher or a thousand yard receiver. Five times it happened. All five of those ended up winning the game. Kansas City Chiefs go into this year's Super Bowl without a thousand yard receiver and without a thousand yard rusher. Okay, another one favors Kansas City. How about this one? Teams that were favored in every game they played this year. It had only happened four other times. The Rams in 01, the Patriots in 07, the Broncos in 2013, and the Patriots in 2017. Favored in every game of the year and also obviously favored in the Super Bowl. All of those teams lost in the Super Bowl. The 49ers have been favored in every game this year and are favored by two in the Super Bowl. Rams were favored by 14 in 01 in that Super Bowl against the Patriots. Lost outright, 20-17. to 17. Patriots favored by 12.5 in 07 against the Giants. Lost that game, 17-14. Broncos, two-and-a-half point favorites in 2013 against Seattle and got mauled. What was the score of that, 48-9 or something ridiculous? And then the 2017 Patriots, four-point favorites, lost to the Eagles. <laughs> I mean, I can't make this stuff up. It's real. It doesn't mean it's going to continue because those last two are fairly small sample sizes. Only happened five times. Being favored in every game this year has only been four times. But it does kind of say something, doesn't it? But the Niners could win, and then that those trends become one in five and one in four. So, And they'd still be trends because if it happened again next year, I'd say, hey, remember? Team that was favored in every game this year, they're one in four in the Super Bowl. Granted, that one win was last year. Like, I could say that if the same thing happens next year. So it's just something to keep in mind. You know me. I love statistics. I love trends. I love giving you them. And do with them what, the, what, what you want. It doesn't guarantee anything. It just so happens that those three trends all favor the Chiefs over the Niners. And you know where I stand on this game. Not talking X's and O's at all this week. There's no point. It's a very close point spread. So anybody winning this game is not like some major upset. I think the upset would be how the game is played out. Like if somebody wins this game by four touchdowns, I'd be pretty surprised because as good as the Chiefs are playing right now, I don't see them blowing anybody out, you know? They didn't blow out the Ravens. They won by a touchdown. I would think that somebody winning this game by three or four scores, yeah, that'd be surprising. Either way, it would be surprising. Maybe it would be surprising if Brock Purdy outplayed Patrick Mahomes. I think people would be surprised by that, for sure. I don't see it happening, but Brock Purdy having a good game? We never know. You know, these teams played in the 2020 Super Bowl, and the 49ers had a 10-point lead going into the fourth quarter. They were up 21-10 on the Chiefs. They had stymied the Chiefs' offense for three quarters, and then the Chiefs outscored them 21-0 in the third, or in the fourth, and one going away, one by double digits. Hell, they were still winning 21-10 with eight minutes left in the game. Like the first seven minutes of the fourth quarter, the Chiefs hadn't scored yet. They got 21 points in the last eight minutes of the game. 
So don't think San Francisco doesn't have revenge on their mind. They clearly do. But for me, it just comes down to quarterbacking. I just don't see Patrick Mahomes falling so far behind. You know, the one Super Bowl that he has lost, Tampa Bay, he basically had to play a road game. Remember that game was in Tampa, and it was Tom Brady's first year with the Bucs, and it was during COVID. And that Tampa defense just absolutely shut him down and made him look mortal. Hell, after that game, some people were saying, the shine is off Mahomes. He's not going to win every Super Bowl like you think he is because he had been to the Super Bowl, what, two or three times at that point? I don't think the Niners can shut him down like that. I don't think we're talking 31-9 final like that one was. But I just don't – he's going to be in the game the whole time. And as long as the Chiefs are hanging around and are in there, like I told you, I'd be more worried if the Chiefs were up 10 or 14 at half against the Niners. Number one, because what we've seen the Niners do in the divisional game – and the NFC Championship. They came back from double digits in both games, so they've proven they can do that. And Kansas City has had a hard time in both second halves of their games, where in the Miami game, they kicked a lot of field goals, and in the Baltimore game, they never scored in the second half. But if San Francisco has a three-point lead, seven-point lead at half, like I'm almost like, as a Chiefs fan for this particular game, because that's who I'm going to have my money on, I'm like, this is right where I want them. I don't want the Chiefs to have a big lead, or I don't want them to have a 7- or 10-point lead because it seems like the Niners play better when they're behind. I want the Niners to think, oh, we've got Mahomes here, and then Mahomes pulls out some magic in the fourth quarter. And just like any Super Bowl, I want to see a good game. I don't want to see a blowout. That's not fun. And I think these teams are going to live up to it, and I think we are going to get a good game, and I think this is going to be a Patrick Mahomes win in the final minutes or – Patrick Mahomes takes over in the fourth quarter and puts the game away. Like they have a six point lead with six or seven minutes left, and Mahomes goes on a five or six minute drive and gets them to a two score win, you know, something like that. That's the way I'm kind of looking at it, but it could go anyway. I, you know, other than I'd be just the biggest thing I'd be surprised at is a blowout. So on Friday, we talked about the fact that Cliff Kingsbury was rumored to take the Raiders' offensive coordinator position. And then all of a sudden, there was a 180 over the weekend. And the 180 is he is now the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders. Dan Quinn has brought him in, and Kingsbury is staying in the NFC, even though last year he was with USC. But he's staying in the NFC. He was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. He's going to become the Washington Commanders offensive coordinator. And this is really interesting to me, because remember when I told you it looks like he's going to the Raiders and You know, Kingsbury coached Caleb Williams last year at USC, and Antonio Pierce has ties to Jaden Daniels from when Antonio Pierce was at ASU and Jaden Daniels was there. Well, now Cliff Kingsbury is the offensive coordinator for the team that has the number two pick in the draft. And we don't know what the Bears are going to do because the Bears have a quarterback. Are they going to trade down to someone who wants Caleb Williams? Because here's the other thing. All Washington has to do, number one, is move up one spot if they want to guarantee Caleb Williams. And remember, Caleb Williams is from D.C. He went to Gonzaga High School in Washington, D.C. And now his college coach last year is the offensive coordinator for the pro football team in D.C.? I would not be surprised if we see the – I keep wanting to call them the R word – uh, I, I would not be surprised if we see the commanders move up a spot 
and take him. I just, not saying that Cliff Kingsbury couldn't coach Drake May or Jaden Daniels, but you're thinking, but I we don't know what the what the Bears think are thinking. We don't know if the Bears have decided we need to move on from Justin Fields and we're going to take Caleb Williams, or we want to stick with Justin Fields and we want to improve our team in other areas, so we'll trade down on that number one pick and get picks in return and maybe give him Marvin Harrison Jr. as a target. That'd be nice. But, yeah, looking at this and seeing now that Kingsbury is the OC for the Commanders, Caleb Williams from D.C., I I could see this being a match made in heaven. And finally, just a sad story to report. Patrick Mahomes' dad apparently got his sixth driving while intoxicated, DWI, this weekend in Tyler, Texas. I'm sure it's not what Patrick Mahomes wants. He's probably going to have to answer questions about it at media day now. It's kind of a circus. You know, I'm sure this is something he will easily dismiss by saying, I, you know, this is a family matter. Please don't ask me about this. I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about it, which I totally understand. I, there's nothing to talk about here, you know. Um, I'm sure he knows his dad has a problem. If you get one DUI, you've got a problem. Two, you've got a serious problem. Anything over three, I'd say you're probably an alcoholic and you need some help. Six? And I believe these six are all within the last ten years. How this guy even has a license, I have no idea. Don't you get your li- I've never had a DUI. I've never come close to having a DUI. I'm not stupid enough to get behind the wheel of a car after I've drank. But once you get like two, isn't your license gone? Maybe not for good, but for at least a couple years. And then once you're in the three and four and five range, come on now. So sad story, unfortunately. He's going to have to, you know, hear something about it in media day uh, tomorrow. But I'm sure this is just it's just a, it's an it's a not needed distraction, basically, is what we're talking about here. But uh, I hope the guy gets some help because that is six DUIs is ridiculous. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review. But you got to hit play just because it automatically downloads into your podcasts and you have it sitting there usually around 745 Central Time every morning you got to hit play and listen. That's the way they record downloads now. So I'd appreciate it if you did that. Thank you all for listening. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it. Let them know about our new sponsor, Bet Online. Check that out. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.